Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We're going to have a good time. We're going to continue uh, in Philippians chapter 1. And I gave you some, some notes there. Um, and so it didn't show all the, where the verses are located and all the notes, so you can write those in. If you're not sure, you can text me afterwards, but it'll be on the screens that Faith and Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth, that's so formal, Liz, um, put up there. And we appreciate y'all and Adrian so much. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about how faith works. Somebody say, how faith works. All right? And we're going to talk about how love is the key to get faith to work for us. All right? So Philippians, that book, uh, the book in the Bible, and I'm about to have you stand up. So if you're opening your Bibles or turning on your Bibles in your phone, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, in just a moment. We're going to read New King James in the message. But um, for just a moment, Philippians, it's one of, it's referred to as one of the four prison epistles. It was probably written from a prison in Rome in about 62 A.D., Paul, it's interesting because Paul didn't write this letter. Now, they're all God-inspired letters, right, that he wrote, part of the Word of God. But he didn't write it to address a crisis. He, it's more of an appreciation letter. He's edifying them. He's, he, there's this love relationship he has with the Philippian church. And he, we get to be a part of that because it's also a word for us. So the church at Philippi, apparently, by what we read through the chapters there, they had apparently sent him some financial help. They had supported the man of God while he was in prison. And, and um, Paul writes this letter, and he sends it by this man of God named Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus had gotten sick and took him a little time to get over there, but he sent this letter with Epaphroditus, and he sends it to the Philippian church. Now, the Philippian church, was an, it was a powerful church. And it, start, it was birthed in the miraculous. When you read the book of Acts, Paul had, and he, he was with Silas, and he had this vision from God and decided to move. Instead of going further into Asia, he moved out west and started making his way. And he came to this place called Philippi. And when he was there, you read in the book of Acts, he got this businesswoman saved. Her name was Lydia. And Lydia said, man, all y'all come to my house. I'm going to feed you. We're having tamales, menudo. Man, I'm going to hook it up. We're going to just, you come over here. And, and she blessed him, and they had this great relationship. And it was during that time that he was ministering in Philippi. They're out in the streets ministering, and this little girl comes up. You remember the story? She's demon-possessed. Now, this would be freaky for anybody. But this girl's demon-possessed, makes all this money for her masters by, by telling people their futures. And she comes up and says, these guys are, these guys are, they're, they're servants of the most high. And, but it's really freaky. She's not doing this in an edifying way. And it's, she's doing it in such a weird way because she's demon possessed that Paul gets sick of it and turns around. Now, Paul was a godly man. He wrote 1 Corinthians 13. He was full of love. But when you tick him off, everybody needs to run. Because this was a dude that used to be crazy in the world. How many people, don't raise your hand. How many of you are crazy in the world? You bring that in the kingdom and you're like, you're like, I'm from the south side of the kingdom, right? Um, so this dude, he was saved, but this dude used to be a killer in the world. So he's mad, and he's got Jesus inside him now, and he looks at her, and the, with the force of heaven, he's like, devil, come out. So she gets set free, and, the, and Paul and Silas get thrown in prison. You remember the story? Well, they get thrown in prison, they're beaten, and they start worshiping God. The earthquake hits, right? And they get set free. The jailer... He thinks that everybody left. Say, amen, thank you. 
Got an amen back there. And the jailer thinks they escaped, so he's about to kill himself. And Paul said, no, 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 we're here. So the jailer got saved. Some people believe he became the first pastor there. I don't know. But Philippi was a church that had experienced the miraculous. And Paul loved this church. And so Paul sends this letter to them. And we're going to pick up where Pastor Matt left off last week. What a powerful word. Wasn't that a good word last week? Man, I was listening to that. It was awesome. So we're going to pick up in verse 9 where Pastor Matt was there last week. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. Would you stand with me? We're going to read the New King James and then the message. And I really want to bring this home because he's talking about love. And he's talking about how that impacts our whole lives as Christians. So 1, 2, 3, let's read. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He's talking about you and I as believers have to walk in love. Doesn't mean that you, everybody that walks down the street, you need to just drag them into your house and have them sleep in your living room, okay? You can have boundaries, but you can love people. That means you can love people and have a clean heart, walk in forgiveness, but you don't need to hang out with abusers, okay? So we need to be real here, because sometimes we think, I just need to love everybody, that means I need to just go and take it. No, sometimes we're in work situations where things are hard, we gotta forgive. But sometimes there's some friends we need to get away from. We forgive them and move on, right? Now let's read the message. It's a paraphrase here, <clears throat> but look what he says. I like this, because he brings it home a little more in this translation. One, two, three, let's read. So this is my prayer that your love will flourish and that you will own and that you will not only love much but love well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all. Don't you love that? Getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father God, for this word that encourages us to walk in love. I know I've struggled with this in my life, Lord, and I'm so grateful that you don't give up on me. I'm so grateful that you don't give up on, any, on anybody here. We're works in progress, and you give us the opportunity to work hand-in-hand hand with you, to walk in love, and to make an impact in our generation. God, use us. Speak to us tonight and help us to walk in love. Help us to learn how faith works by your love. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Grab a seat, grab a seat. You have, you have notes there, so hopefully you can um, follow along. If you don't have a pen, take pictures with your phone. Just don't be texting. So, how faith works. The love of God in your life makes your faith work. See, a lot of Christians are struggling to have their prayers answered because they're not walking in love with their spouse or they have some kind of unforgiveness in their hearts. They say, Pastor Fabian and Pastor Matt, Pastor Jim, they're talking to us about getting in the word. I'm reading my word, Pastor John. I am I'm speaking the word. I am having a quiet time with God. I'm praying. I'm reading my Bible. I am doing it. But why am I still struggling? And many Christians, the reason they're struggling, it's not because they're not reading the word. That's good. We want you to. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to highlight some things. You, you've got to grow in your faith. Spend time with God. That's important. But many Christians are short-circuiting their walk with God because of unforgiveness. Now, I get it. I'm not making light of abuse. 
I'm not making light of the pain you've experienced. Some of us have been through some rough things. We've been through pain and loss and people have died and there was abuse and there's hurt or rejection. And that's, those are things that have to be mourned and healed health in a healthy way, right? Even with mentors, maybe even a godly Christian therapist. I don't have a problem with that. But ultimately, God's the healer. And at the end of the day, we still have to forgive because that's when we see the release. So I'm, my little girl, and I told you about a couple weeks ago, she liked the Little Mermaid update. We went and saw the movie. It was awesome. We ate our weight in popcorn and M&Ms. Don't tell Bali. Okay, she's watching online. So, but we had a great time. But she, when, when Camila gets into it, one of those Disney cartoons, she loves all things princesses, right? That's why she loves my mom's books. She calls them Cinna books. And she'll pull out. Her favorite one is Mama Was a Queen. And she loves it because she's a queen. There's royalty. It's a beautiful lady. And, and she'll read. It's cool because she's reading my mom's words, which is a really awesome thing for me as a dad. But she loves princesses. And so we're in the Little Mermaid thing, but now she's back in Beauty of the Beast. And so on Disney Plus, uh, don't judge me. I know Disney's not perfect. They got stuff. But some of the stuff is good, right? So Beauty and the Beast, when she jumps into a story, Camila, she watches every version of Beauty and the Beast, the Broadway-type show, the real one with, you know, uh, all these, and all the cartoon, all this stuff. She watches it every which way. And so we jumped in the story, and I end up watching. I'm walking in and out of the room, and I start watching, and I get a tear in my eye, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Belle, Gaston's a jerk. You know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, your parents. Uh, I'm like, dang, I hate him, God, but help me walk in forgiveness because i got to preach on this, right? And uh, so Beauty and the Beast, it's this prince. He's a nobleman, and he's so wealthy. He's got everything. He's good-looking, and he has wealth. All the women love him. He's got everything. But he's so full of hate, and there's no love in him, that this curse basically comes over him and turns him into a beast and turns his whole area, his whole palace into a dark place. It's an awful place. Even all his people turn into a dark, change their, from what they were before. And everybody in the area and the region forget that he's even there. Isn't that, isn't that sad? It's what bitterness will do. But through the course of the movie, there's this girl, Belle, that ends up at the palace, right? Through all this story, right? I won't go into all of it. But she ends up over there. And she starts showing love to the beast. And she starts, they start reading and telling. And he starts to slowly change on the inside. Now, all along, there was a prince inside. All along, there was a nobleman. All along, there was a guy with endless resources given to him by his parents, an endless stream of wealth. All along, he had greatness inside of him, but it had been lost by being a beast, by being so full of hate. And her love, her love for him starts to change him to the point where he's willing to give everything, even willing to, because he, to, to break the curse, he's got to give love and receive love. But he's so, he becomes so full of love on the inside, he's willing to, to keep everything the way it is just to be a blessing to Bell. And at the end of the movie, that real love changes him to where he was changed on the inside, but it comes on the outside and he becomes this handsome prince again. And every become, but every, everything becomes beautiful, all in, all there, but it started on the inside. And with you and me, it starts on the inside. If we want our situations to change, it starts with letting the love of God move on the inside of us. Somebody say how faith works. Point number one is a born-again believer 
as a born-again believer, and they're going to throw that up on the screens. I know we got stuck on Baal there and the beast. As a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and the covenant blessings are yours. Now, this is important. This is important. We're going to lay a little foundation here. Romans 8, 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. As a born-again Christian, Jesus paid the price for you. Prosperity belongs to you. It's part of the covenant. Healing belongs to you. It's part of the covenant. Matthew eight seventeen says, Himself bore infirmities. 1 Peter 2, 24 and, and Isaiah 53, 5 says, it says, With his stripes we were healed. When they beat Jesus, he paid the price for you to be whole. When the Bible says that he made himself poor, that was in comparison to the riches of heaven. He was still blessed and had a treasure. God wants you to be blessed. Jesus died on a cross and paid the way for you to have a relationship with Jesus so you could go through life with the creator of the universe living inside of you and an eternity in heaven instead of, an, instead of that eternal place in hell. Jesus paid the price for you to be blessed in every area of your life. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, this is reminder. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us as it, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3.29 says this, and if you were Christ, then you were Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Again, point one, as a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and the covenant blessings are yours. Through the blood of Jesus, God puts you in Abraham's family. The Bible says in Genesis that he was blessed in everything. The Bible says his health was new. He lived a long time. He was blessed. He was prosperous. And that belongs to you. Okay, we're building something here. We're getting back to love. Point number two. But to experience God's blessings, we have to grow in our faith to experience more of God's blessings. We have to grow in our faith to experience more of God's blessings, and this involves renewing your mind in the word. Galatians 4.1 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards with the t until the time appointed by the father. Last night, I woke up um, 2.40 a.m. Benjamin was crying. So I got up with him, went into the other room. And you know, yeah, parents, y'all know what this is like. You're half asleep and you're like, oh my God, here we go, Lord, here we go. All right, the formula, Bali already had it ready. So I'm doing that. And I'm trying to do, every once in a while, y'all know it, you have different things you gotta do. I'm all trying to burp him. Oh no, he spit up, gotta clean it up. And I'm doing all this stuff, right? The goal is to get him fed and burped and cleaned and back into bed so that I can go to sleep and then wake up in the morning. Can I get an amen? Y'all know what that's like. For him, that's the goal with him. That's what you do at five, six weeks, all right? That is the goal. Finally, when I got him down and I went to go to sleep, that's like heaven. Oh my gosh, that is so glorious. But guess what? He's good. He's happy. He's asleep. His belly's full. That was what we can do as a baby. But when Camila wakes up, when she wakes up, she gets up, she's like, hey, man, let's watch a cartoon. Because she's a little older, she can appreciate Beauty and the Beast or something else we're watching and eat cereal. And she's like, I want hot chocolate. Okay, we can do that. 
She can experience that at four, and that is something that is a level of maturity that she has obtained. And you and I, when we grow in God and renew our minds, we can experience more of God's blessings, right? Ephesians 4, 15, and 16 says this, Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing, someone say growing, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We've got to grow. Someone say grow. Grow. Romans 12, 2 says this. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, as born-again believers, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and the covenant blessings are yours. But point two is we have to grow in our faith to experience more of God's blessings. But John, I'm doing that. But why am I struggling still? As Christians, we always have to check our love walk. Am I struggling with unforgiveness? Am I withholding love to someone else? Point three is love is the key for our faith to work. Now, here's the thing. Your faith is like the engine for your life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We get in the word. We immerse ourselves in the word. We're speaking the word. And as we, as we increase, it makes, it's like the engine of our car. It makes that engine bigger and stronger to move us forward to God's destiny and purpose and plan for our life. Our faith can grow. When we renew our minds with the word, The word, it helps our faith grow, but it helps us think right so we're focused and moving in the right direction. Some people have their faith right toward prosperity, but not toward healing. Or they have it toward healing, but not toward prosperity. Or or they got both of those, but they don't have relationships. We've talked about that. We've got to renew our minds toward different areas uh, and different things that God has provided for us in the Abrahamic covenant. But here's the thing. While we do all that, sometimes... Christians, they got the engine. They got their faith going. They got the steering wheel of their minds all renewed. But they can't get in the car to make it run. Or they're sitting in the car like, man, I got it. My faith is big. But look at that beautiful steering wheel. I've renewed my mind. I know its direction to go. I know all the verses about prosperity and healing. But why isn't it going? Because the key is the love of God. And you'll never get, direct, you'll never get things moving in your walk with God unless we're loving I won't either. That's been one of the struggles of my life. Did you know that? I always have to continuously ask God to help me to walk in love toward people because when you're in ministry or you're in politics or whatever, people will throw jabs at you. I remember going to a commission meeting where someone was brutal. They'll come in. They'll be mad at President Bush, Obama, Trump. They'll be mad. doesn't matter if Republican or Democrat. Show up to a commission meeting, city or county, and guess what? You're it. They don't see Biden, but they see you. And they're ready to cut. And I'm like, dude, I, don't, I didn't make that decision. That was President Biden. That was President Trump. That wasn't me. But they're ready to let somebody have it. I remember one lady told me, she said, you're in, you're in elected office. You got to just take it. Here's the thing. We have to forgive a lot. And I do too. So part of this is we have to choose to forgive. See, you and I have the, compa- the capacity to love as born-again Christians. You see, God's love is inside you through the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
Mark 11, 23 through 26, look what it says here. And he's talking about faith, but connecting it to love. He says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever, now look at this. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. See, Jesus forgave. He was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. See, with love, we have to choose to forgive. Love starts at home with our spouse and our kids. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding. That's 1 Peter 3, 7. I skip one there, Faith. So we're gonna jump ahead. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker. I don't know about that sometimes. It's like, I've seen my wife with the baby. I'm like, Paul, did you see your wife have a baby? I don't know, man. I look and I'm like, mm, moms are nursing and things. I'm like, I, they're strong. I don't know. In many ways, they're stronger than us, right? But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. I know he's talking about different roles and things like that. He said, treat her as you should as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Some of us, we struggle with prayers to be answered because we don't love our wives or our husbands or our kids or someone in our, in, in our sphere. Love starts at home. Your faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6 says this, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. I remember when my mom we moved to Hobbs. We'd been in, in uh, Denver City for a couple of years. We were originally from New Mexico. But I remember when we moved to Hobbs, she was so excited because she was going to get to go to College of the Southwest. Got some, I know we got some alumni in the house. All right, Eric. I won't throw any names out, Erica, Sister Debbie, Matt, me, you know, Pastor Matt, me, some of, you, some of the others, right? But she was so excited to go back to college. And she'd put it off because she, she showed us love. She prioritized her kids. And she put that off. And I remember my first day of school, they took me to Southern Heights Elementary School to Mrs. Hartman's classroom. I still know where it's at. And mom dropped me off. And I, I was so close to mom. I was always around mom and dad. And I just, I remember, I, I just, I don't know how I got there, but I kind of migrated to a little table, put my head down, and just started crying. You know how, it's one of those, we're just, I mean, I was this five-year-old kid. I put my head down and started crying, and tears are coming, and boogers are coming, and it's crazy. And I'm just crying. And I just, you know, as a five-year-old kid, you just feel alone. And after a few minutes, it might have been 10 minutes, I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I looked up and my mom was there. She was making herself late for her first day of school to come back and make sure I was okay. She gave me tissue and blew my nose and all this. And she waited till I was okay. Gave her the thumbs up and then I was good. But she showed me love. And sometimes we think we have to do, to walk in love, we has to be these big old grandiose things. And it can be that. But sometimes it's just loving the people God puts in our path. Who has God put in your path today? How many great people have missed out on God's best because they don't love who's right in front of them? What about that cashier you saw today? And you said, you have an opportunity to say, thank you. You're doing a great job. Went in the middle of their stress and their hard day. What about your kid who comes home from school who is, so, is struggling so much, and you're stressed because you're thinking about work and all the things you have to do. But what about them when 
you, you love on them a little bit and just say, hey man, I'm just glad you're my daughter. I'm glad you're my son. You know, there was a lady named Sister Maria. Some of you probably never heard of her. Uh, they'll throw a picture of her up here. I didn't hear of her until about two weeks ago. She was, uh, she was an Orthodox nun in Paris. She was born in 1891 in Latvia, and her birth name was Elisaveta Palenko. She was born into nobility, I believe in the Russian Empire of the time. But she went through a lot of hell in her life, and she made some bad decisions and went through some very hard things. She lost her kids at young age, and when she lost one of her kids, it just about broke her. But she decided she was going to begin to serve God. As that soft music begins to play very, very softly. She decided she wanted to serve God and she wanted to go in the ministry. And the best way she could do that at the time was to become a nun in the Orthodox Church. It's kind of like Catholic Church, but it's Orthodox. And so she took on the name Sister Maria and she started helping people. And she would wear like this old, these old clothes and like men's boots. And she would go out and just feed people and love on the brokenhearted and give people chances. And she just loved people. And she loved people and she forgave people because she'd experienced so much forgiveness in her own life. And so she just wanted to give what Jesus had given her. And when World War II broke out and the Nazis took over France, she just had it in her heart to love on the Jewish people and to protect them and do everything she could to make sure they weren't being slaughtered and killed by the Nazis. One day the Nazis did a horrific thing. They gathered up over 4,000 Jewish children and they took them, I think it was like a soccer stadium or something. And she heard about it. And what could a woman, a, a little nun do? But her heart was breaking for these kids. And so she, she went and talked to the French guard and he said, well, just don't mess with things. You, you can come in, but don't bother. And she, he let her in. And for several days, she smuggled food into these little starving Jewish children. And she smuggled, she smuggled four Jewish kids in trash cans to get them out of there. The sad thing was those 4,000 plus kids that were still there, she couldn't get them all. And they were sent to some of the worst concentration camps, Auschwitz, by the Germans. Not too long after that, the Germans saw that she was helping Jewish people, so they got her and they took her to Ravensbrück concentration camp, a place where Corrie Ten Boom was also was. And in that camp, she loved people. She sewed, they get, she'd find turnips or little carrots and she'd give it to someone else. But then there came a time, and some said that when it, there came a time that they said, we're gonna bring you, we're, we're taking you out of these chambers. And some said that she took the place of someone else she went in there and gave her life because she wanted to give everything because Jesus had given her everything and it was the least she could do. And so my prayer for you tonight, tomorrow when you go out and work in the oil field, tomorrow as you go out and you're a mom and you're a grandma and you're taking care of kids and dealing with milk and spilt milk and all these things we do, my challenge to you and the challenge I have for me is can we walk in love to experience God's best? He's promised that to us. Can we allow God's love to work in us and through us to experience the best he has for us? 
and to know real joy like Sister Maria and to know real joy like the Apostle Paul did when he was addressing the Philippians. And he encouraged them. He encouraged them. He said that your love may abound so that they could experience God's best. Let's pray. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna pray a prayer for you. If this ministered to you in any way, you need to make peace with God, you need a miracle for your life, raise a hand and let me pray for you tonight. Would you do that? My hand's up. If your hand's up, man, maybe you say, you know what, I need to walk in love more. I need more of that. Raise your hand, let me pray for you. If your hand's up, right, stand up with me. Pray this with me. Come on, just stand up all over the house. Let's pray this together. Say, Father God, I thank you because Jesus is the Lord of my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Help me to walk in love. Help me, help me to flow with your love to be the best I can be in you. Use me, change me. Let your love flow through me to others. God, I give you every part of me in Jesus' name.